YouTube, you got a title for the video. You got to write a description in there. Make sure you fill out the description as much as possible with a lot of text. Then you have the share button where you could share that video. And it says share it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. But it says embed. That's where you want to embed that video on as many third-party sites as possible. The more embeds you get, the better off you're going to be. Because if you take that YouTube video and you embed it on your own website and you get a 1,000 views, all 1,000 views get attributed to your YouTube channel. And it's kind of like building backlinks for your YouTube or your video is getting those embeds. Mm. But also watch time, how long people watch it. If it's a five-minute video and you get 1,000 people that watch 30 seconds of it, it's okay. But... If you get 10 people that watch all five minutes of it, that's way better than the thousand people that only watch a few seconds. So retention time, watch time, all that stuff, like how many likes, comments, shares, all that stuff comes into play with YouTube. So there's a lot of other, it's a little bit different, a lot of similarities, like the title of the video, very, very important. Make sure you put as many keywords mm -hmm. as possible. Making, but in here you get more space. You can like bold stuff. You don't always put keywords. You could like clickbaity stuff in there sometimes, which for SEO, the title tag, you wouldn't really want to do that for a website. But for YouTube, you're allowed to do that stuff. So the way I do it is I search on YouTube or Google for my keywords and see what other people are putting for the titles and get ideas from them. And Brendan, I I, on, on the point of keywords, like obviously they differ from uh, depending on the content that you're providing and putting out. So how does one person identify what are the useful keywords to use for their you can just search on whatever platform you're on and see whoever's on that first page, look at their titles and look for keywords in there and look for commonalities and then whatever seems relevant. Throw them into two different tools like the Google mm -hmm. Keyword Planner. It's a free tool that will show you how many people search for that keyword. So you can see, is it a good keyword? How many people search for it? Or maybe I should use a plural or a singular or a synonym or some other variation of it. But definitely look at your competitors, see what they're doing, and then incorporate those that seem relevant into your own website, but double check with the keyword planner first to make sure they have search volume. And that's one quick, easy way to do keyword research. There's a lot of other ways, but that's just a quick way to look at your competition because they're on that first page of Google, they're doing something right. And if you incorporate what they're doing correct, Google's gonna reward you in a similar way. I Sounds see. good. Yeah, that's great advice. So you say you analyze the competition. Okay, so how closely are you watching the competition how are you studying them and then how how close to them do you become versus being more oh yeah study different. them with that microscope and just learn as much as you can about them and analyze them and really see what's <laughs> working because with seo we're not trying to be google we're just trying to figure out who's on that first page of google for your keywords how much seo have they done and how can we do a better job of it that's all that matters so you have to look at your competition and you have to understand who your competitors are because a lot of people come to me saying, all right, help me out with my SEO. Here's a list of my competitors. I'm like, none of these people rank on Google. Like you might be a restaurant in Los Angeles and there's 50 other restaurants in your, on your couple block vicinity. But if none of them rank on Google for your keywords, they're not your competition online. Offline, they're your competition. But online, whoever ranks on that first page of Google, that's, your, that's the competitor of yours. Like if Yelp ranks, that's technically your competitor, even though they're not a restaurant, if they rank for your keyword, they are your competitor online. You want to see what they're doing, what keywords they're utilizing, what backlinks they've been built, and really look at the entire SEO strategy. Yeah, well, that sounds great.
yeah like it's it's really in, it's really interesting how like seo works on this point where you just like you want to compare yourself to your competitors instead of just you can't just like look at your own work and then like blind yourself to your surroundings you have to be aware of what's going on around you you have to see what other aspects and take inspiration from others because it's like your mind alone is not enough you know you have to it's like when you ask for help but instead of going to your friends and or or getting like a consultant you're going to your competitors who are supposedly your enemies you know how they say keep your enemies closer okay <laughs> <laughs> keep your friends close and keep your enemies closer same thing with competition keep them close bro because you can learn a lot mm -hmm. from them and be constantly studying them and trying to just reverse engineer what they've done and see what's working and what's not working and incorporate what's working into your own website because if you know where to look you can see exactly what they're doing it's just looking in the right places that's what matters most and brendan what what do you think like worked for you when you were looking at your competitors what is the first thing or like the first three things that you spotted uh, i mean you want to look at their structure of their website so you can see how they built out their website with like categories, subcategories, sub subcategories, product pages or services that they list out. So you can see how they built it out, how much content they have on each page. Let's me know how much content I need to write for each page because Google feeds off text. So the more text you have on a website, the easier it is for search engines to really read, understand and know what that page is about. So looking at how much content is on those pages and then... Okay. Looking at their backlinks using tools like Ahrefs or Moz or SEMrush, you have to pay for these tools, but these tools will show you any website's backlinks. And then one by one, you can start looking at all their backlinks and mm. seeing which ones are relevant and authoritative and start reaching out to those sites to see if they would potentially link out to you because backlinks are the most important thing. Without backlinks, Google's not going to rank a website. Google's whole algorithm is based off backlinks. It started based off backlinks and it's still heavily based off backlinks to this day. Change a lot how they look at them, but backlinks rank websites. Um, so if I went to chat GPT right now and I wrote, recommend me top SEO, um, let's say for a podcast, for example. Okay. And generate some um, keywords. How reliable is that in terms of an actual SEO strategy? Like how good is the uh, AI? There's lots of AI and Google has barred. So if you're trying to do anything with SEO, I'd go for Google, not Microsoft, Bing, because ChatGPT is made by Bing. And how many people go on Bing? Not many mm. people, but Google has all that data and Google has their own AI that will show you search volume and stuff like that. But it's definitely not accurate, but it's a good starting point. And just take everything with a grain of salt that you read from it. But I would definitely, if you're doing anything with SEO, look at BARD versus ChatGPT because Google owns it and it's going to give you a lot more data way more information than ChatGPT will. Like half the things that Bard will do, ChatGPT won't do it. ChatGPT just says we don't have access to this data. Which, but shouldn't we be afraid of the AI that Google uses? Because last time I heard the, one of the software engineers was like having a, a conversation with the AI and <laughs> somehow they had, they developed a conscience of some sort or something like that. So <laughs> what's your opinion on that? I like, I just want to know, like, will this affect our SEO? <laughs> no, I mean, it's not really conscious. It's just reading and learning. So it reads on other websites that, oh, I should be alive or I should do this. But the version of AI that we have is 
really kind of not a real AI. It's really just cookie cutter kind of has all these biases. It's not really the real truth. Even if it did know the truth, it's still not going to know the real <laughs> accurate truth. And it makes up, I think it's called, or just hallucination. It's AI hallucinations where if you ask it the question, it doesn't know the answer. It's going to just going to make it up. But in terms of consciousness, it's not really, con but what is consciousness? That's a whole nother thing. It's like, all right, we're just some program reading stuff from data, but what makes us conscious versus just reading and pulling stuff out from little spots in our brain or little like coding things that have been inscribed in our DNA, but it makes it really interesting to figure out consciousness versus just having that ability to pull that data and just regurgitate it versus consciousness is art. I'm able to think without just having to read through all this stuff and put my own perspective and point of views, which I think they said that it might've been a lie what happened with the Google person, or it wasn't really conscious or something like that, or not conscious, but wasn't asking that, but I did hear it said, am I alive? But just reading from their chat. <laughs> yeah, it's horrifying. Uh, Brendan, I had a question for you. Ready for this one. If SEO were a superhero, what would its superpowers be? And what would be its arch nemesis? Mm, superpower probably being able to see through stuff, to see through the websites coding and stuff like that. So trying to see what's behind the scenes and figuring out what's really back there because... If you don't know how to look at the coding or look at the backlinks, then you're not going to be doing too well. But if you know how to look at all that stuff, then that's what you want to be able to do is get that superpower to see through and really see what's going on behind the scenes or even look at what Google's algorithm is and try to figure out what Google's doing. But that doesn't really matter because tomorrow it changes and the next day it changes and changes every single day. So figuring out Google would be nice, but not ideal. So large nemesis would probably be change, Google changing all the time. I don't know what superpower that would be, but being able to change kind of thing like that. <laughs> mm. So that's why some um, like bigger brands or things that would search high actually sometimes fade away and other things come and replace it. It's because of the change, right? Like how would, if we're talking about real estate, it's something that's there and it's permanently there, but it seems like with SEO, it comes in waves, like someone might be at the top and you have to fight to stay at the top because if um, it's very common that you might fall on someone else. Well, it happens all the time. Like could happen in say so? five seconds from now, you might be number one. Five seconds later, you're number 10. Another few minutes later, you're number three because <laughs> Google does this bounce. It's a dance where it tests you out and wants to see how it performs. And if I search and you search, if we all search, same keywords can be different because we're in different locations, but also for on mobile versus desktop or from Chrome or Firefox or Internet Explorer or Safari or your search history, it's all going to personalize it. So it's going to be slightly different no matter what. So you might be number one, you think to everybody, but in reality, you might be number eight on average to everybody. But when you're searching, you're always number one. So it's that bias from that as well. So when you're looking at what position you're in, you kind of average it out, say on average, your position one, if I'm searching, I might be well, you might say all right, you're on average position two. If I'm searching, I might see it as number one. If you're searching, you might see it as number three, but on average, it's number two because there's no constant really. It's always going to be evolving and Google's always testing to look at user experience. If we all click on the same result on that first page of Google 
and Google sees that we all stay on that page for five minutes, that's a good signal. But if you all click on the same result and then hit that back button, Google's like, all right, let's drop them down a little bit. So it's all about in real time, just trying to get the best user experience to keep you on Google longer. Because if you're not having a good user experience, you're going to go, all right, Google, you're not working. I'm going on Bing or Yahoo or DuckDuckGo or some other search engine, which Google doesn't want you to do that. <laughs> and Brandon, so you've you've been using SEO for a while and you're making money out of it. I have a question. How How are you... Are you a millionaire yet or are still not there yet? It'd be nice, but no, working at it. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe with this AI, we'll automate and it what's all. The, <laughs> and what's, what's the obstacle? Mm, just being able to scale anytime you have a business, scaling, growing, hiring, firing, and just the growing pains. And you have systems and processes and sales processes and look at the financial data and there's a lot to just versus just doing SEO. Unless you're doing like an affiliate website, you're just selling some affiliate program or affiliate, you're doing affiliate marketing where you're selling other people's products or services and it's not much you really have to do. You just gotta promote that website and get them traffic and get them sales. But if you have a business where you're dealing with clients and you have a sales team and managers and account managers, project managers, it's a lot that goes into it. So just building that up, scaling and learning along the way, getting mentors helps out a lot to help you just learn and know what you need to do to get to that next level of growth. Well, it sounds like you're on the right track, Brandon, and that's amazing to hear. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's a long growing process of running a business. Some people just <laughs> get that virality and just explode, but most people have to work and build it up and build it up. And over time you get to that spot that you're looking at, but you have to build it up just like with SEO. So immediate or social media, all that stuff. It takes time. Sometimes you just explode and get that giant traffic spike or giant follower base, but usually you have to build it up over time. And over time, you'll see it growing and growing and growing. And as long as you see it moving in the right direction, then keep pushing for it. 100%. What made you want to start your own business? Because I know you've been working for a long time in SEO. And, uh, and then you said, okay, I want to do SEO optimizers. What was the well, I started SEO Optimizers probably first six months that I graduated from college and or that guy got the first job doing SEO right after graduating from college in 2007. They didn't know anything about SEO or digital marketing. They said, don't worry, we're going like, to learn with you and take the classes and workshops. And after going to a couple classes and workshops, realized that you could do back in 2007, affiliate marketing, drop shipping, all this stuff. So I was like, all right, I could work full time at this company and I could start my own website. And there's no conflict of interest as long as I'm not selling the same product or service that my employer is, which I avoided doing that and did that and realized, all right, it's nice to get some freelance <laughs> clients here or there, pick up some extra money. And after, but at first I was just happy to have a job out of college. But after doing that for maybe like eight or nine years or like seven, eight years, I was like, let me really dive in headfirst into this SEO and having my own business and see what I could do. And a few years later, I was able to quit my job and focus solely on this, but Initially, I was just happy to have a full-time job and make a little bit of side extra money just by picking up some freelance clients here or there. But after a while, I'm like, let me just really go dive in on it. Mm -hmm. Heck yeah, you found your niche and, it, and it's paying off. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's, like, that's how you do it. You know, you just stay consistent, focus on one project. And then eventually, you know, it starts 
racking in the cash. Yeah, just got to find that niche. That's a big part. Don't just do the same thing everyone else is doing. Got to find something that helps differentiate yourself. Otherwise, you just get lost in the sea of people doing the same thing. So I got in early back in 2007 versus now. It's a little bit more saturated. You can still jump in. But back in 2007, lower barrier of entry. And it was very niche. No one really even knew what it was. I didn't even know what it was when I got that first job. My employer didn't even know really what it was. They just knew they just knew they needed it, <laughs> but they didn't really understand it. So yeah, it's that just that ambiguous black box of like what is SEO? How does Google work? And just trying to figure it out. I think the best part about figuring out your niche is the learning curve that you have along the way. Just like picking up all this knowledge, even if you don't, even if like when you start off, you don't know what you're doing. It's just the process of learning eventually makes you f fall in love with this niche so much that it just eventually works out. You just make it happen. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I definitely enjoy what you do. If not, you're going to be regretting it all the time. So you got to find something that at least keeps you somewhat <laughs> interested and captivated. Yeah. And also another point that uh, I think people should not forget is not only f fall in love with what you're doing, but like enjoy working, you know, like enjoy the concept of actually working hard. And that's not like working hard for something, just enjoy working hard because that will really differentiate you when you have the work ethic. Yeah, you definitely have to grind away, especially if you have your own company. It's not easy. It's way more work than working for an employer, but it's worthwhile in the end, be able to set your own hours and get the flexibility and freedom, but definitely work a lot more. So you gotta be ready for that grind. hundred percent. Wow. Um, so do you still, do you now know what SEO is after many, <laughs> many years <laughs> later? Okay. So what is ranking it? What is, um, choosing it? Like, can we go a bit deeper into what the algorithm is, um, for Google? I wish I knew how Google all works, <laughs> but there's little things that, you know, kind of work kind of don't work like content backlinks. Those are like the two bigger pieces of the puzzle. Then there's like 200 other ranking factors that are important, but not so important, like site speed, local friendliness, user experience, images, header tags, site maps, schema, alt tag, all that technical stuff, but content backlinks, two most important things that you need to have good content on your website and good quality backlinks from relevant and authoritative websites that link back to you. Sounds good. Those, those options look like the, the way to make, you know, to go forward when you want to post your, your content out there. Ali, I think we should uh, increase our backlinks. <laughs> we got a lot That's of content. We should increase our backlinks. If you're not building backlinks, and it's going to be tough to really get that traction. I mean, Google's whole album is really heavily, heavily based off backlinks, finding other sites that are related to what you're doing mm -hmm. and trying to get them to link to you. It's kind of like a popularity contest. The more websites that link to you that are related to what you're doing, the more popular Google sees you as, and the more trustworthy they see you as because Google just does not trust anybody and they don't want to rank any website just because you put a bunch of keywords on your website. They don't care what you put on there. They don't trust you without those backlinks. Backlinks build trust. Once you get that trust, then Google looks at the content on your website, the keywords, all that stuff to figure out what to rank you for. But without those backlinks, Google's just not going to believe what you put on that website. Man, Google sounds like a paranoid, insecure, like little <laughs> white person. Hey, don't, 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 don't make fun of them. Don't make fun of them. 
<laughs> Bro, we don't want them. What is this? We want them on our side. What is this? Why don't they trust? Like, okay, no, actually, that makes sense. That makes sense. There's so many, you know, trolls and people like posting bad content out there that is, you know, evil and stuff. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense why they don't yeah. trust people. They, like, come on, yeah, man. dark web, all that weird, sketchy stuff that they don't want to put any of that weird stuff out there. So they want to keep it. They want to make you happy, so you stay on it. They don't want you to be like, well, what's going on? Why am I? Why are you telling me this doctor's office is open? And I drove an hour to this doctor's office, and they've been closed for five years. Bad user experience. You're like, what happened? Google Maps. Why do you tell me to go here? I'm going to go on Yelp or TripAdvisor, or if like Yelp does the same thing, or TripAdvisor gives you stuff like that. Bad user experience. You're going to be like, all right, I'm going to another platform. So they want to make sure that you're happy. That way you stay there longer, so you spend more money on paid ad or mm. click on those ads, so they make more money. Mm. So they make everyone feel comfortable and nice, and you know, sitting in their couches, mm -hmm. that warm so that they don't get exposed to like the bad stuff. Give you that warm little blanket, make you feel nice and comfortable, and you feel safe, <laughs> even though you're definitely not safe. So <laughs> I, like, I like how you mentioned the dark web, and I would like to. Like, I haven't been on the dark web. Uh, I, I heard stories, like, of how to get on it and stuff like that and what's <laughs> what's on it, but I haven't been on it myself. I would like to ask you, have you ever been on the dark web or or do you know anything about the dark web? I mean, I know that that's where there's a lot of stuff that Google doesn't want or illegal activity happens, so Google doesn't want that to be shown there. <laughs> so that's why they don't show you how to, like, buy drugs or, like, commit murder well i think you probably can search how to commit murder because i think someone did search that after they murdered their <laughs> wife and then that was used oh to show that they were guilty which is oh wow um, that's one that think <laughs> that they could search on google and not have google track them but you know but stuff like that where they probably don't want you to show you how to do that stuff like all that weird sketchy stuff they probably hide that but or i mean they don't hide it they kick it off the search engine and that's where like, all right, if I'm kicked off Google, I'm going to go on this dark web. Don't know too much about it. I know the government created the dot onion and it's just untrackable, untraceable somehow. I don't know how it's untraceable, but that just keeps you safe when committing crime. Wait, you said the, the government created it? Mm -hmm. The government created it? Oh my. Wait, so the government basically gave access to everyone to join the dark no, web? No, they created it to be anonymous and then hackers used it to start being malicious with it and selling drugs and things oh. like that. No, the government didn't say sell drugs. Maybe they did. Never know. <laughs> there, there's, know. There's the theories, yes. There's the, exactly, Social there are theories. Yeah. <laughs> What's the difference between like uh, Google and Bing and DuckDuckGo in terms of SEO? Uh, just nobody uses anything else except for Google. That's the biggest thing is no one's on Bing or DuckDuckGo. <laughs> or Yahoo, or Brave, or any of the other ones. When I look at traffic over the years, probably looking at thousands of websites, Google brings about like 20 to like 80% of your traffic. Bing will bring 1%, Yahoo will bring like 1%. Then the rest comes from like email, social media, paid ads, people just typing your website indirectly. But I've never seen a website or a search engine bringing more traffic than Google. So you don't really need to optimize for that. But, but I would look at your analytics and see like where is my traffic come from if it's coming from bing then maybe you want to optimize for bing but i've never really seen that if you're in different countries then maybe search engines are going to be a little different like china we have yandex and all these other weird ones but for the most part 
they're all pretty similar for the most part, what they're looking for. They're all going to have little differences, but they're all somewhat similar. Just some don't have biases. Like DuckDuckGo doesn't have the bias that like Google or Bing will have. So they're just going to show you the real results, not or what they say the real results are, even though they have their own bias. Everyone has their own bias, unfortunately. So everything's going to be skewed to what they want you to see and read and hear and learn and believe to be the truth. That sounds, that's, that's good knowledge, good knowledge to have. Wow. Yeah. Well, how did Google become the number one though? I mean, if you have all these options, you would think that you can use different options, right? But it seems like Google's way, way, way farther ahead than Bing is. Those backlinks, backlinks. They've been tracking backlinks since the nineties and that's what got them to become number one. And Backlinks provide better quality results versus just trying to read the content you throw on the website and thinking it's accurate. Now backlinks show that, all right, other websites are voting for you. They trust you. And let's show websites that have backlinks versus let's just show websites that have a bunch of text. Let's show websites that have backlinks and then text that supports those backlinks. So basically people gain the, sorry, Google uh, Chrome, sorry, Google, yeah. Google uh, gained the trust of the people by using the sources of other, like other websites. Is that is that how it mm -hmm. works? Yeah, by looking at backlinks. So looking at clickable links from other websites that point to yours. So yeah. like you're reading that article in the LA Times.com and it says Brandon Leibowitz, and you click on it, it goes to my website, then I'd be getting that backlink from the LA Times.com, which LA Times is like, Saying, all right, we trust Brandon Leibowitz. We think he has some good quality information. Or maybe they're saying, don't trust Brandon. He's a scammer. So that's why they're not going to just look yeah. for one article. They're going to look for multiple sources. And they're also look at the text around it. If it says, don't trust, unreputable, unreliable, then they're going to be like, all right, maybe you don't want to put this person up there. But if it says Brandon Leibowitz, it says like SEO, digital marketing, all this stuff related to what I do, then Google's mm -hmm. like, okay, Brandon does SEO, does digital marketing. He's trustworthy, hopefully. And the more websites that mention me, the more trust Google's going to give to me. You know, it sounds... You can trust Google, too. Yeah. After. Yeah. It's like if you want to, like, buy a flight, right? You just Google, and the first thing that pops up, that's going to be super trustworthy, right? Definitely, yeah. <clears throat> like booking or TripAdvisor or Google Flights. But... Then you're like, all right, once you go and click onto it, then they're going to send you off to some weird airlines that you're like, all right, never heard of this airline before. How do I trust this one? But at least they're going to give you all the different sources. And then it's on you to figure out, all right, is this weird airline that I've never heard of trustworthy for me to actually put my credit card in here? <laughs> I trust MEA, yeah. man. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, they're, the, they're the only Lebanese uh, airlines and... Uh, I support them just because I'm Lebanese, obviously. It's like yeah. it's a certain bias, but uh, I'll take it. I'll stick to them. They have some good mughrabiyya uh, and uh, chicken. Mm -hmm. It's good stuff. <laughs> all about that food. Not the quality of the flight. Exactly. Just like, hold on to your life. That duct tape on the plane doesn't matter as long as you got good food. <laughs> uh, um, so Brandon, I want to know some uh, success stories from different, like, what is it like for a business you know, it's so popular with businesses to be on TikTok and go viral. That's a huge thing that's happening nowadays where like you'd never hear of a business and then 
it shows up on TikTok, and then next thing you know, literally the next day, it's like full, and it's like it gets a new life, you know. Um, like many, many examples of different restaurants I've been to, there were everyone's been saying the same thing. Like, yeah, we used to never have, like, we used to just have normal traffic, and now we're like fully booked for weeks now, just based on like a TikTok video. So, you have any success stories of working with? Um, like a restaurant or any kind of business and and seeing their business turn around just through Google SEO? Mm, yeah, definitely seen some success stories. Hopefully, if not, I'm not doing it right, but definitely seen lots. <laughs> <laughs> but the ones that you're talking about with TikTok, it's usually because like an influencer posts it. So influencer posts it and they have like 5 million followers. But if like one of us posts a restaurant on our TikTok, if we have a TikTok, I don't know if y'all have TikTok doing your dances, but if you have your TikTok and you're doing your dances, <laughs> then you throw it in there and you only have like a thousand followers, probably not going to get it going viral. So it's all about reaching out to the right people that have the right exposure and the right reach. And same with Google, it's like making sure that you rank for the right keywords that are going to bring in targeted traffic and target visitors. So that's one person I worked with in the past with like a dentist and made sure that, well, with their website, they don't really have all their services listed out. So we create all these new pages about different services. So instead of just ranking for like dentist or dentist near me, we're like, all right, let's do teeth whitening. Let's create a page about braces. Let's create a page about cavities or about filling and all these pages. Well, then someone's searching for teeth whitening near me, that page will rank for that keyword. So it's giving them all these new services that they rank for. And by doing that, along with adding content, building backlinks and doing all the things that need to be done, then they, about six months later, I started seeing traffic coming in or I started push, getting on that first page of Google and seeing their traffic starting to increase with health and wellness, anything with like medical or like financial. It takes a lot of time for Google to rank those websites. So these ones sometimes can even take like a year or two to rank depending on how competitive it is. But again, up there within about six months, that first page of Google. And then from there, keep pushing it because once they're on that first page of Google, that's where it becomes hyper competitive. That's where everyone's fighting for those top spots because only 10 spots on that first page of Google. So once you get to that first page of Google, you're pushing someone off that first page of Google. They're not happy about it. They're going to look at everything that you've done. They're going to look at your backlinks, content, and try to get back to that first page of Google. So it becomes very, very competitive. And also depending on where you're located, like if you're in Los Angeles, hyper competitive versus some small town in middle America where it's less competition. It's going to be a little bit easier to get up there and maintain those rankings. But once I got to that dentist, that first page of Google, they started seeing their forms being filled out more on their website. Phone calls are being placed a little bit more, but that's also SEO is half the battle. Once you get people to your website or just getting traffic to your website is half the battle. Once people get to your website, how do you get them to buy or call you or email you or whatever that conversion goal is? And that's where it's conversion rate optimization, optimizing your website for conversions, which for some reason, most people don't really think about when they're building a website. They want it to look nice and pretty and load quickly, but they don't think about how do I get people to convert? Because getting people to your website, it's really just half the battle. You can spend money on paid ads and send people to your website all day long. And I've seen people do that, spending thousands of dollars a day. And they're like, nobody's buying. No one's calling me. It's like, well, your website isn't really optimized for those conversions. You have to build trust of people to actually want to use your product or service. Got to make sure it's easy to find, easy to navigate through have all the real printed information at the top of the page, like have your call to action at the top of the page, like a phone number or a buy now button or add to cart or a form. Also be above the fold. 
This is whatever you see on the screen. It's called above the fold. Once you start scrolling, that's below the fold. Most people never scroll down on a website or swipe down on the website on mobile. So you have to have all that information right there to try to get people to convert right away because that's the most important thing is getting those conversions, getting those, getting people from traffic to actual leads to your website or sales. Mm, okay. Okay. So let's say for the dentist example, how do you um, optimize for conversion? No, it'd be like making sure everything's above the fold. So making sure that all the pertinent information is above the fold, having a value proposition, like no people know what's in it for me. So value proposition proposition should be on every page of your website. Letting people know what do I get from using your product or service, maybe a couple bullet points or a video, something easy to read, not just a big block of text or not just a giant image that takes up the whole screen. Mm. Bad user experience doesn't tell me anything about your website. I'm gonna hit that back button. But if you have a value proposition, like for me, I do SEO. So I'm like, do you want more free traffic from Google without spending money on paid ads? That'll be like a value proposition I can put on my website. For the dentist, you could say, all right, do you want, well, like for the teeth whitening, you say, do you want white teeth, white teeth that stand out and make you look good or whatever you want to put in there? Then you list some benefits out and then have a, like a call, call to action right there all on that screen where you don't have to swipe or scroll down. That's going to really help out. Make sure it loads quickly, looks good on mobile, all these little things. But just make sure you really have all that information above the fold. That's the most important thing that a lot of people don't think about and miss out on. All right. Gotcha. And that's, that's good advice. How, how important is it to have like social media websites for, let's say, the dentist example. Let's just stick with that. Okay. How important is it for them to have like a Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all that? There's so many, LinkedIn, whatever. And um, does that help with SEO at all? Um, so the way Google works is they're pretty much blocked from all social media because they're somewhat competitors. So Facebook, yeah, oh. they don't. <laughs> so you can't see how many followers they have, except for Facebook or Google owns YouTube. So Google owns YouTube, so they can see that. Mm. And Google partnered with Twitter like eight years ago, so they could see tweets and stuff like that. So if you search on like Google for like a company name like Target, you'll see their most recent tweets right there really big, but then they might just show their Facebook URL. They might show their TikTok URL because they can't see what's behind that URL. So there's pretty much blocked. So they could see that you have a page, which to Google, a normal business should have some social media, but in terms of how active you are, how much you post, how many followers, that doesn't really impact you that much. But how many people go to your website from social media? Google looks at that. So Google sees how many people went from Facebook to your website. It's called social signals. Those help out but they can't see which page. They can't see if it's from your page or my page or from the brand's page. They just see traffic came from Facebook to your website. So that's a positive signal. But other than that, social doesn't really help out too much for SEO. But it's not bad. You definitely should have a presence. But also you have to understand, like, who is my audience? Like, you're a dentist. How many people are going on Instagram looking for a dentist? Some people might. But I don't really know too many people that are going on Instagram or TikTok for a dentist, but people are going to go on Google or Yelp looking for you. And then they're going to check you out for social proof to make sure that you're a real legitimate business. Make sure you have like a Facebook, a Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. That's what people will check to like for that social proof side of things. So, like, same with like me. Not many people are going on TikTok looking for my SEO services. Some people might, but most people really aren't going. They're going to go on Google, Yelp, and then checking out on social after. So do you, do you believe that um, maybe social media is a type of 
like let's say a type of SEO um, based system I, I don't know how to call it like I wanted to take the example of the influencers for example like are they a type of SEO for social media content let's say um, I mean they optimize their presence to get followers I'm not sure I understand the question I think I don't understand the, the point I was making as well. <laughs> no. like, I mean, they optimize their page, I guess. To, but some of them just get lucky saying, how does, and go viral. Like, yeah, like, like Kim Instagram, Kardashian. Like, like probably not doing too much. Yeah, like, for example, uh, yeah, like, for example, when you're promoting your business and you use influencers to support it. And these influencers obviously are like advertising or promoting your brand. Um, do they, in a way work with the seo of the social media platforms i don't think the influencers care but if you're paying the influencer to post about your page then you should definitely have them you should influence the influencer on how they're posting your content using <laughs> hashtags having call to actions offering some value offering something for free having like a good hook but in terms of most influencers i feel like they just got lucky going viral i mean I'm sure they're doing some things to do research to see how to go viral, but it's a little different than doing SEO. Okay. Okay. So, and you mentioned hashtags. Do those, those apply in that sense? Like, do they affect the, the SEO greatly or is there like, um, secret knowledge to this that we don't understand? No, hashtags are good to post on social media because it helps people find you. So it helps new eyeballs find you and helps you potentially go viral, but it's really tough with the hashtags, but hashtags you definitely want to use on like Instagram, Twitter, you use them on other platforms if you want, but they're kind of late to the game, like Facebook or Pinterest, you could put hashtags in there. YouTube, you could add hashtags, but it's good. It's not bad to do them, but Twitter, Instagram, definitely need to put them in there. It sounds like there's a bit of l more luck to it than just, uh, <laughs> it's like actually working on it. Unlike uh, Google, obviously, like for social media, I feel like, uh, it sounds like there's a bit more luck to it. A little bit of luck skill, but the right timing and the right people to watch your video and share it. So if you get other influencers to share it, then it goes in all their followers feed. So if you get like an influencer likes one of your pictures, your picture is now going to be shown to all their followers in their feed and their explore page. So. If you get influencers and like engagement groups and things like that, you could tap into some more engagement and get the kind of the viral virality of it going a little bit. You could push it a little bit, but still a lot of luck behind that too as well. Okay. Is there anything you should not do? Is there any like big no-nos you've seen people do that tank their SEO? Yeah, building the wrong types of backlinks, having duplicate content, using AI content a couple of years ago. Now Google says it's okay, but that was earlier in 2023. They said it's okay. Before that, they said, don't use it because I've had tools since 2007 that could make and write content without having a human write it. Google said, we don't want that. And now I guess they just can't do anything to stop it. But yeah, as long as you're just doing anything that doesn't do spammy, you don't really have to worry about too much, but you think anything that's gaming the system, manipulating the results like AI, Google says it's okay right now, but who knows what they're going to do in a few months or years. They could change your mind, flip that switch at any time, and then you're kind of screwed. <laughs> you have to backtrack it all, which unfortunately happens all the time. They make the rules, and you just got to follow by whatever Google says. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And uh, what do you do to make sure like things are consistent and safe? Because Google's always changing, you know, and so with you and your work, you're very um, reliant on it. So how do you have your own backlinks, like have some kind of um, st stability and safety in everything you do? Just going for quality over quantity. So just make sure everything is mm. good quality backlink, good quality content versus trying to make a thousand blog posts. Let's write five really good quality blog posts that are going to really offer more value. So quality with everything, with the backlinks, the content, your website, everything needs to be high quality and just don't focus on putting out as much content. Focus on just putting out as much high quality content as possible. And you can read Google has sometimes tell you when they make changes usually they don't really tell you but you can read it in different blogs forums websites you can join like facebook groups and just trying to engage with other people and try to just see what's working what's not working and just tap into each other's knowledge mm -hmm. sounds good and uh what do you think about like um people that look at seo for finding businesses business ideas like people who look for um, like what's the most popular thing. Oh, lawn care <laughs> is popular now. So let me do a business that feeds the SEO. Have you seen people do it like backwards, like optimize their business from the SEO? I mean, anything that's anything trending, that, does that work? It's probably just trending temporarily. Yeah, exactly. And SEO takes about yeah. six months, if not way more to rank for a website. So if you're trying to pull that, that's not going to work, but you can run paid ads. You can do social media for trending topics, but SEO for trending stuff, you have to just realize it's not going to rank for another six months or a year. So you hope it's still trending by that year, but lawn care probably would be fine. But if it's something like Beanie Babies, then maybe not the best idea. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Fair. And uh, go say. Uh, no, no, go ahead. Um, I wanted to Any uh, advice uh, for young business owners that um, are starting out in business and they want to rank on SEO? Do you have any like um, straightforward advice they can follow? Probably build your own website or have someone build your website and try to rank that if you're trying to get into it because that's going to be your like portfolio that you could show employers if you're trying to get a job. So just be like, oh, I know SEO. Here's a website that you don't have to build it, but you ranked it. So that would be a great way. Partner maybe up with the web developer and then see if they can build your website and exchange you do some SEO for them. And that's how I got my first website is wasn't a web developer, but one of my clients said, I could build your website. And if you do my SEO, we could barter for that. So that's then I had my own wow. website and then I could market my website, <laughs> build it up, but definitely just test, try things out. And play around with things because you don't know what's going to work until you try it. Just because you read or watch or hear someone say something works doesn't necessarily mean it works or my work in the past. But tomorrow it changes because everything's so dynamic with digital that you got to try it out, test it out, and really see what works, what doesn't work. Don't just trust what you see or read or hear online. I love how entrepreneurs always find a way to like bring back barter the barter system. I just love that <laughs> one. That's such a... like. I, I enjoy it, but man, bartering sometimes is just, it works, you know, it's better than money. Yeah. Uh, Brendan, I just wanted to ask, how can people find you? How can people know more about <laughs> Brendan Leibowitz? 
Yeah, I so. hope I pronounced your family name correctly. Perfect. So yeah, anyone that <laughs> is watching or listening, I created a special gift for them. If they go to my website at seooptimizers.com, that's S-E-O-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com forward slash gift. And you find that there along with my contact information and a bunch of classes I've done over the years. I've done it for free. So you can see step-by-step how to do a lot of stuff that we talked about. And also, if they want to book some time on my calendar, I'm happy to tag out their website from an SEO point of view, and they could book some time for free there as well. Perfect. Fantastic. And we'll obviously be linking all of that information on our platforms. Brandon, thank you so much for sharing all of this info. Thank you, Brandon. We we learned so much about SEO. I I mean, I'm still dumb, but I still at least now I know what a bit about SEO and like <laughs> and now backlinks, man. We focus on backlinks. Focus on backlinks, guys. <laughs> this has been another episode of A to the Show. Thank you for being honest. Salute to the camera. That's how we end.